Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andar Ola. My name is not Slim Shady or any other really cool moniker. I'm just Spud Goodman. <laughs> oh, Spud Man. <laughs> Welcome to my little radio program. You know, we, we have simple goals and dreams here, s- stuff that would not even occur to the suits running the three or four multinational corporations that own just about every freaking terrestrial radio station in America. Uh, I know myself, I-, I aspire to someday soon be paid enough to buy a decent car that wouldn't break down every other month. And yeah, I know the cool thing is to then go out and buy, you know, if you can afford one, go out and buy one of those plug-in cars. But but it would take a whole lot of really, really long extension cords from my third floor apartment down to where you're supposed to park your cars by, by my building. And all it would take is one little punk to unplug just one of the many I would need to reach the, the damn thing. So, so no, I won't be driving any Jetsons-like car anytime soon. That is messed up, yo. Okay, well, back on topic, I, I now need to introduce the show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can you give us a hearty chuckle right now? Sure. How's this? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was adequate, so, so thank you. Uh, you're uh, welcome. Yeah. Uh, now I'm supposed to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Though, though I don't always do what I'm supposed to do here in the studio, I've, I feel it's just way easier now to acknowledge him and rather than going through another round of disciplinary action by management. So here you go. Uh, just, just say hello right now to Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead, mumble something, or just let me get this show started. You, okay, well, like I've said on many occasions, I don't mumble, Spud. Really? Oh, yeah, I clearly ah. enunciate my okay. words when I speak. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my parents drilled into me the need to speak clearly. And yeah, I but did your that. parents also drill into you the need to be brief and succinct when you open your mouth? Well, For some people, it is such an important lesson to be taught. Well, no. My parents were never really concerned with trying to limit my voice in the family. I always had the opportunity to fully express myself. You mean and to I tell really me th- your parents never just told you to shut the hell up? Shut up. I find that hard to believe. Oh. Am I going to be introduced or not? It's always the same every week, and who cares about how Gerald's parents raised him? I am the show's most popular person. It is a verified fact from our listener research. So, shouldn't you be asking about my parents and how they raised me? For the record, I was a very low-maintenance kid growing up. Everybody liked me. You know, people lie a lot, so you gotta be on your toes. Oh, babe, 
I should have jumped in and introduced you when Spud got off topic. Oh, my apologies. It's okay, Dorothy. It's really not your job to do that. Hmm. I was going to introduce you, okay? Don't be such a baby about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, he, he, okay, here, I'll, here, right now. Here is our intern, Chance. Uh, he, he's supposed to be kind of popular. Now, can I move on? Yeah, thanks. Well, wait, wait I, I would like a do-over on my introduction, too, if you don't mind. I mean, it's the right thing to do. Maybe, but we are running behind schedule now, so, you know, I want to bring up a topic that I thought would be interesting to our listeners. That's my number one priority here. It's, it's been building over the last couple of years, but now that seems to be the new normal, you know, with a certain segment of this country. It's to not trust any information from so-called mainstream sources. You know, the places where people used to, you know, seek out to seek out answers for questions about all sorts of stuff. And now a number of people just do their own research, whatever the hell that means. At some, let's say, wacky websites, uh, which on some topics, I guess, is no big deal. But for some life and death issues, it's kind of dumb. I know myself, I don't think Googling something for like two minutes will give me a complete picture of anything. Oh, uh, so this is the topic you want to discuss? Yeah. All right. Well, count me in as a big proponent on doing my own research movement. Well, why didn't you say so? It has changed how I approach issues that now come up in my own everyday life. Oh, why does that not surprise me, Gerald? Well... I think I know more about what's really going on in the world than what I would read in that New York Times or watching (laughs) CNN. Thank God there are so many other new resources out there these days where concerned citizens can go for answers. We're coming for you, globalist! Yeah, it's the answers that people come up with doing their own research that concerns me. I mean, things that, that will kill them or at least force others, you know, in their family to, to discover their dead body and clean up the mess they leave behind. It's always really messy afterwards. I don't know if you're aware of that, but yeah, well, when you go, it's... Yeah. My Uncle Jeff says he'll never go see another doctor again after he got COVID last year. He didn't die or anything, but... He said he got vaccinated and still got a sore throat and a runny nose. He was so mad, like, he was threatening Dr. Fauci on Facebook before my aunt or his wife told him he had to take it down off of his page. They've been to marriage counseling a lot over the years as they don't see eye to eye on many things. Well, Chance, Dr. Fauci did lie to us. Remember, a couple of years ago when it first appeared here, he said COVID would just go away, like disappear. Boy, was he wrong. Uh, dude, that, that was Donald Trump who said that? I'm a very stable genius. And Dr. Fauci always said that getting vaccinated was to keep you from croaking, well, not from getting the sniffles. COVID's hopefully old news now. Let's, that's, that's the hope, okay? But, but you guys have, have taken that approach with so many other pressing situations, like, like our so-called rigged elections or, or the cancellation of white people in America or if Kim Kardashian really is the Antichrist. That's ridiculous. You know, basically just regurgitating any lame conspiracy theory you come across on the internet. Gerald, 
I know you're in that anti-vax camp, and I won't lie. Now that we're back in the studio to do the show and not doing it remotely anymore, you make me very uncomfortable. Knowing you do your own research on everything these days, well, you creep me out. Yes! Oh, well, Mrs. Jarvis, that is very hurtful to hear. Oh, that's true. Well, it's something, you know what, I would expect it from someone on the godless left. Not someone like you. Well, I am a registered Democrat. And I try my hardest each day on this program to get beyond that. Yes, it's difficult, but no more so than putting my many issues with Spud's Marxist leanings aside for the betterment of this show. See, I am a team player. I don't think so. And if I was the coach of this team, you would have been cut years ago. Okay, well, now I have to play some music, so zip it. Here's a Seattle band that that played a few times on our old cable TV show, their Northwest Institutions. I'm speaking of the Young Fresh Fellows. Here's their tune, Wishing Ring, off their 1989 release. This one's for the ladies. Is the Spud Goodman Show. 
this is Jerry Mathers, the beaver. A lot of people told me I shouldn't do it, but you know what? I've always been very brave, so I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Spud, your first guest, Michael Fanone, is ready to go. You know, I believe I know who he is. Wasn't he in one of those January 6th congressional hearings? I feel like I recognize his name. This man is a former Washington, D.C. police officer who almost lost his life defending the Capitol during January 6, 2021. Yeah, unfortunately, that day will always be a stain on this country's history. Uh, you know, I still have a hard time believing all those rowdy people were Trump supporters. They, they sure looked like an army of those Antifas to me. No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. I know you MAGA true believers will never accept reality that your guy lost the election and, and then started a damn riot, but hey, it is what it is. Well... I don't know if riot is the correct term. There were a number of tourists and sightseers in the crowd, too. What? It was just a few bad apples who, you know, pooped on the floor of the Capitol. Most of the people there, they used the restrooms. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what kind of human beings do that? Well, I'm guessing a number of them probably had digestive issues as they probably ate too much fruit at the Continental Breakfast at their hotel. Ooh, yeah. Right, uh, just put Michael through, please. Here he is. Please welcome former Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department Officer Michael Fanone. Thanks very much for coming on our show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Well, let me say that you have a new book out titled Hold the Line, The Insurrection, and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul. So let's let's start this conversation with a description of yourself in 2016 in the book. Uh, I believe you used the term a redneck who voted for Trump. W was nearly losing your life during the insurrection on January 6th the major factor that caused you to reassess the former president and the MAGA movement, or, or did it occur before that? Uh, I mean, it definitely occurred before that. Um, I mean, I was one of the people who, uh, having grown up and lived in Washington my whole life, uh, I enjoyed seeing someone come in and uh, disrupt the Washington, uh, I guess, social circles the way that Donald Trump did. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I quickly realized in the immediate aftermath of, uh, of the election that Donald Trump was not the right person for that job. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do you feel that the vast majority of the police officers defending the Capitol that day were also one-time Trump supporters? I wouldn't say the vast majority. I, I think that um, law enforcement is a microcosm of society. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just in the way that, you know, we saw, you know, a portion of our country be, come out as diehard Trump supporters, Another portion of the country vote for Donald Trump just because he was a Republican candidate. Uh, I think that the, the same, uh, you know, scenario plays out within the ranks of law enforcement. Okay. At any time, did you or, or the other officers believe that the people storming the Capitol were, were those uh, guys from Antifa who like to break stuff? I mean, that, that story was all over Fox News, but to me, they sure didn't look like them. It's, they look like mostly crazy baby boomers. Yeah, I mean... Um, Listen, I, as a police officer giving you the, uh, you know, fact-based perspective, there's been absolutely no evidence that any members of, you know, that riotous crowd that day 
were members of Antifa or any other left-wing groups, nor was it, you know, an FBI false flag operation. Yeah. Uh, it was simply what we all saw it to be, which was a pro-Trump stop the steal rally uh, in which, you know, many members of that crowd were riled up um, by the rhetoric that was being used by Donald Trump and, and his supporters. And that also there was an element there, you know, the Proud Boys, Oath Keepers and Three Percenters, you know, these anti-government uh, right wing extremist groups, uh, many of which harbor, you know, white supremacist ideology uh, who were prepared and pre-planned to engage in violence on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Well, how concerned are you now for the safety of your fellow officers at Capitals around the country following the next few election cycles? It seems like one party doesn't go quietly if they lose. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm out here advocating for accountability for the people responsible for January 6th. And not just for the individual Americans, you know, many of whom were manipulated uh, and, you know, obviously lied to and and seen as disposable uh, who responded to the Capitol and are now facing criminal charges. But I want to get to the root causes of January 6th. You know, you had a president at the time, Donald Trump, who engaged uh, in an effort to defraud the American people by lying about the January 6th, uh, I'm sorry, the the uh, 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been proven time and time again uh, by the results of these select committee. Uh, and then many people in the Trump administration who came out and testified said they never believed that, you know, these ridiculous lies about voter fraud uh, at a massive scale, uh, these voter machines being, you know, manipulated to turn out votes for Joe Biden. I mean, it was all BS. Uh, And so I think that until we hold people like the former president accountable, that this is now going to become part of the uh, political playbook, at least with, you know, the Trump wing of the uh, Republican Party, that if they lose an election, they're going to resort to violence. Uh, I mean, my other concern as well is that, you know, now that many of these groups, these extremist groups, have seen how... The DOJ is going to handle prosecutions uh, that they're going to learn from that and they're going to change their tactics. Uh, And we may see, you know, more extreme tactics used in the future uh, against members of law enforcement or against uh, American citizens. Right. I mean, I know that women in the Democratic Party took to the streets in 2006, 2016 after Trump's election, but pretty much wearing pink hats is, I mean, that's about it. They they kept it peaceful. But anyway. What? Well, I have to jump in here. I respectfully disagree with the premise you just laid out to our guest. You seem to be labeling me and my fellow MAGA Republicans as sore losers, and that's not true. It's just we know Donald Trump won in 2020. I mean, we couldn't have just looked the other way and said no big deal, could we? Uh, Michael, I'll be back in a sec. Yeah. In a democracy, if you lose, you pretty much have to accept the results. No one likes to lose, but someone does have to accept they got beat or or there is no democracy. But the deep state and those darn voting machines changed millions of votes from Trump to Biden. I I saw proof of that on all the cable news channels. 
on not all the cable channels, okay? Not all the cable news channels, just that one that keeps you and millions of others all riled up 24-7. Uh, I think they're gonna have their day in court soon. Uh, but regardless, you mega fanatics need to understand how disgusting your behavior was and is. You're getting played, and someday soon all of you are gonna slap your foreheads and say, what the hell was I thinking? Well, I seriously doubt I'll be saying such a thing. Now, you and your fellow liberal friends may soon be asking for help to be rescued when all those caravans of illegal immigrants finally arrive here in this country because you are my friends, bud. You will be welcome in our family's safe room just until it's okay to come out again. Then uh, you'll have to fend for yourself, of course. Uh, we're really not friends, more like uh, co-workers, and that safe room of yours won't be necessary, man, okay? Now let me get back to Michael and finish this interview. I have returned. I want to ask you this. Do you get much hate mail from still loyal Trump police officers around this country? Uh, no. no nobody's actually taken the time to write me a... Uh... Uh, hate. Well, I've got a few hate letters, but uh, mostly I get phone calls, text messages, or uh, voicemails. Um, a lot from you know anonymous callers uh, from time to time. Unfortunately, I've gotten some uh, pretty disparaging phone calls or text messages from members of my former department, the yeah. Metropolitan Police Department. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I mean I, I fully expected it. I know how polarized our uh, our country is, and I knew that the moment I began speaking out against Donald Trump, I was going to go down. Uh, I was going to experience, you know, what many people uh, have experienced who came out and spoke the truth uh, in the age of uh, Trumpism. Right. Well, I know you recorded GOP leader Kevin McCarthy later telling families of police officers that Trump was not watching the insurrection on TV like he had it on SportsCenter or something for four hours or so uh, and, and wasn't really aware of what was going on. Did you see McCarthy cross his fingers when he said that? Just curious. <laughs> no, I didn't. But, I mean, I, I fully understood where Kevin McCarthy was coming from. I mean, this is the same guy who, in the immediate aftermath of January 6th, went down on the House floor and gave a very impassioned speech about holding Trump, at least at that time, morally and ethically responsible for the actions uh, of his supporters on January 6th. That being said, once he realized that uh, that was not going to be politically beneficial to either him or his party, uh, he did what, unfortunately, too many politicians in our country have done, which is flip the script and go back to supporting Donald Trump and trying to put January 6th in the rearview mirror. Uh, it's a, just another case of, you know, an American politician placing their personal career over their country. Yes, that's that. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. All right. Well, I know you're a very, very busy man right now. So let me say again that you have a new book out titled Hold the Line, The Insurrection one cop's battle for america's soul available everywhere books are sold well you know i want to thank you for your service and for spending some time with us thank you for having me mr michael fanone there's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the spud goodman radio show right after this brief intermission
the scoffs from Seattle, Washington. You're listening to Spark Goodman Show. Who? That guy sucks. I used to blame society for every stupid little thing that went wrong. I never took a look at me. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Okay, getting back to the topic we were discussing, you know, people disregarding highly respected sources of information in favor of going with the rantings of, of some contrarian's musings on the Internet. And, and sometimes these bogus sources, you know, actually worked at one time for a legit organization before they got canned or sued for something they did. And that's when they start typing a bunch of words that get a segment of society that is, uh, how do I describe them? Uh, uh, how, how about as Trump calls them, the poorly educated? I love the poorly educated. These naive individuals buy in on the spot while innocently surfing the net, okay? Regardless of how stupid the theory is, because they now feel special. That they alone have information that the rest of the supposed smart people out there don't. You know, I resent your elitist analysis, Spud. I'm quite proud when after doing my own research on topics, I'm able to come up to a much more accurate conclusion than I would have ever found on the mainstream media and on the supposed legitimate websites. You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb Oh, Gerald, I would trust WebMD or the Mayo Clinic's online sites much more than listening to an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay, I, I'm somewhat familiar with Joe, but no, I, I don't listen to his podcast. I was told by others in my church that he uses a lot of profanity, and he's also <laughs> a marijuana addict. I have to say that in the past, I've done my own research at times, too. But I know the answer I'm given by the supposed experts is totally off base. Like when I got my SAT scores back in my senior year of high school. I knew they screwed up as it was really low. Their system is obviously flawed because I am highly intelligent and in their scoring I was in the barely capable group. A pretty sobering fact. Oh, what do those SAT companies know about your brilliance, sweetie? Their incompetence is now there for all to see after what you have become in life. Really? Uh, the kid still hasn't graduated from community college. Hey, hey, Chance, how long have you been there, man? I mean, aren't, aren't they supposed to be like two-year colleges? Oh, yes. I have a meeting with my faculty advisor next week to sort things out, so... I was told I still have a couple electives to take, but I'm appealing their decision. Well, I hope your meeting goes well, Chance. And just so you know, I can identify so many websites that have provided alternative facts when I'm in need of information on things in my life and for my family. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. Like when my youngest Dwight had to write a paper for his 8th grade earth science class on the topic of air pollution. Now, the left in this country is so obsessed with fossil fuels and that uh, carbon footprint deal. But after I did a little of my own research, I found out that there's no need to worry. Like, did you know we exhale carbon dioxide every moment of the day? It's all around us and we're still here, alive and well in the studio as I speak. 
Am I right or am I right? This freak out by the radical environmentalist, it's really humorous. Man, that, that's an old school right wing talking point about carbon dioxide. Well, I think I heard it first on Fox News in the 90s. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I hope you look to uh, you know, like Sean, Laura or Tucker when you accidentally swallow poison or something, because I, I'm sure you'll get top shelf advice. Fair and balanced. It's who we are. Um, well, you know, a guy I once dated briefly in college believed the earth was not round or even flat. He thought it was shaped like a banana, and the pictures taken from space by NASA were just an optical illusion. You know, Mrs. Jarvitz, I have come across many articles about that very thing on the internet. Really? And who knows? Maybe your old boyfriend was right. I'm still doing my own research on that one. I hope you set him straight on that one, Dorothy. You've really helped me a lot by knowing so much about stuff. Oh, unfortunately, no. Like I said, we dated for a very short period of time. I think I read he was arrested in his early 40s for threatening an actual NASA astronaut out front of the Today Show, I think it was, in a studio in New York. The article said he didn't want the astronaut to discuss his moonwalk on the show. He felt it was all a scam to keep us from knowing the truth. Was that uh, during the Matt Lauer, Katie Kirk days? Oh, I suppose so. I'm guessing that gentleman is still in a mental hospital somewhere. You'll never have to worry about me doing something crazy like that guy, Dorothy. I would never embarrass you like that. I promise you. Well, that is comforting to hear, babe. You know, it's a little concerning to me that the powers that be can just label somebody to be insane just because they've come up with a different conclusion about things. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Yeah, and the fact that the dude almost pulled a Rupert Pupkin from the, you know, the king of comedy and kidnapped a freaking astronaut. Uh, lucky security got the guy, right? Oh, Is that what happened? Uh, oh, well, no one knows for sure if he was going to actually kidnap anyone. It said that was the theory by detectives. Aunt Dorothy, I think I will do my own research on that story because I want to know, you know, with, with some serious, serious Googling after the show. <laughs> but right now, can someone please check if our next guest is ready? Spud. Yes. Well, our show's resident sex therapist, Christine Gregson, is ready to go. Well, put her through. I, I need to talk to her. Right, right, right. Here she is. Say hello to our show's resident sex therapist, Ms. Christine Gregson. Thanks for doing this again. We appreciate it. Well, I continue to cover topics with you that I seldom do in my own private practice, so it's always a new experience for me. Okay, well, so what I wanted to run by you uh, was something that, that I may have touched on in one of our prior conversations, but I wanted to drill down further on this particular topic. Uh, you remember when I brought up the aspect of media in the bedroom? Uh, I mean, m most people, you know, don't have, you know, sex in a quiet room, totally quiet, because it's just too creepy that way. You can hear every sound possible, and that's not a good thing. You know, in my humble opinion, there has to be you know, appropriate ambient sound from something, at least. It, it could be a sexy movie or, or TV show, an album or CD or, or, God, even a ham radio on in the background. You just don't want total silence, is what I'm saying. Well, what is the issue with 
silence during lovemaking sessions. I don't understand your concern. Uh, I, I just don't like any situation being when, when I'm with another human being where you can hear a pin drop or something. You know, even, even, even when a male friend comes over, silence is scary to me. I, so I have to have like a game or something on in the background. You know, I, I think it goes back to when I was a little kid and I couldn't fall asleep without my transistor radio on at a low volume under my pillow, you know, so my parents wouldn't hear it and yell at me to turn it off. You know, it just, I guess background sound just relaxes me. So, sound gives you comfort emotionally. I guess. That's really interesting. Yeah. Do you think this is what led you to be a talk show host on the radio? There can be no dead air, right? I mean, silence is not something in your business that's tolerated. Well, I, I started in cable TV, and dead air there isn't a good thing either, but I I don't know if there's a connection there. I, I just feel more at ease being surrounded by sound. So what I wanted to ask was, what kind of music do you think women prefer when, you know, when things, let's just say get romantic? I, I, I know what kind of music I prefer, but the key here is what do they, women, want to hear? I, I like to think I'm evolving as a man, as, as in the past, I, I never even gave it a thought. You know, I would just crank up a Ramon CD or a Motorhead record, but that, that was years ago. You know, in, in the last decade or so, it's... It's been more electronic stuff. Uh, you know, after I read that that Burning Man thing was really popular, the the the, the, the kind of the downside though with uh, EDM music in bed is it speeds things up way too much. You know, uh, you know, at least for my age now, I could, I could easily have a heart attack. So that's why I'm asking you for some other suggestions. You know, if I may jump in here, Spud. You know, my wife Rachel and I feel a nice romantic cassette tape on in, in the background maybe really adds to the moment. We have a collection of tapes that we enjoy, and I would be glad to loan a couple to you. Uh, just don't forget to return them. Uh, Christina, I'll be right back. Uh, please don't toss out any uh, of the bands you listen to while having sex. Uh, I just might puke here on the air. Oh, I'm, I'm serious. No, no, you wouldn't. Everyone loves to hear Celine Dion or no, no, say uh, no. Michael Bublé no. when a romantic moment arises. Uh, a great song can make you tingle all over. I'm definitely not into tingling, okay? And that that's for the record. Just just let me get back to her and finish this up. Okay, sorry about that, but uh, please continue. Well, I'm not exactly well-versed in popular music, I tend to be in the classical music camp. Have you ever tried going to say with something like Mozart or Chopin? Uh, I find it to be very stimulating myself. Yeah, I don't think that would work for me at least. I I, I would feel I was in a, like a, a wine bar or something and that would kill any desire on my part. Uh, what about that stuff they play at Starbucks? You know, the really popular mellow rock stuff. Uh, now, I can't stand that crap, but I know you know women love anything Starbucks-related, right? I do enjoy the music I hear at Starbucks myself. It's very peppy, but calming at the same time. It's worth trying it out the next time you're having a sexual encounter. Okay, I, I guess I can give it a shot. If it repulses my current sort of girlfriend, then, then I'll have some, like, Rage Against the Machine ready, you know, to keep the mood alive, for, at least for me, you know. If the chemistry is right with your partner, I don't feel your musical selections will prevent you from satisfying her in the bedroom. Just put on something that you enjoy and hopefully still like it too. But I have an appointment in a few minutes, so I'm going to oh. have to go. 
uh, we can talk further about this next time. Yeah. Okay. I, I get it. I get it. You have paying clients. Uh, I'll let you go. Well, thanks again. All right. You bet. Take care. Okay. That was our show's resident sex therapist, Ms. Christine Gregson. Uh, we'll be back in a sec. This is the Spud Goodman Show. We sure got the surprise of our lives. Yeah, here's another Seattle band that has performed on this show live, Massey Ferguson. Here's their song, Maybe the Gods, off their 2019 album, Great Divides. guest Taryn Killam is ready to go. Now, is Taryn an author? 
No, he, he was a longtime cast member on Saturday Night Live, mm. and he later was in the, the Broadway cast of Hamilton, you know, after he left the show. Hamilton. That's the play with that soundtrack with so much bass in it, right? It, you know, someone from our church gave us uh, the CD, yeah. and we tried to listen to it in our home, but it made our bones shake, so uh, we gave it away to another member of our church. Stop being weak! Yeah, it's a hip-hop opera, I guess, so to speak. Uh, you know, you, you really need more bass in your life, for sure. It, se- it seems like it's all treble, like there's no low end. How boring is that? You know, the, the Hamilton soundtrack should be mandatory listening for everyone in the Mormon church. Uh, Spud, I think most rational adults would choose more treble in their music. A lot of bass is, well, I mean, it's not healthy, especially for the youngsters out there with their growing bodies. Oh, no. Right. Uh, j- just put Taryn through, yeah, please. Here he is. Welcome to the show, actor, comedian Taryn Killam. Uh, thanks for calling in. Thank you for having me. Thanks for making the time. Uh, yeah, well, you have a new, well, a Prime Video show, now airing Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and later available on demand, the NFL Pylon. Tell us about the show. We are the first official produced NFL comedy series in history, um, which is pretty amazing. I love football and obviously have worked quite a bit in comedy. So somehow combining my two passions <laughs> can be a grown-up job, which still doesn't quite make sense to me. I'm still counting my blessings, but yeah, it's amazing. We basically were recapping the weekend games, you know, how the Sunday games went, the Monday night game. Right. And then we're teasing Thursday night football only on Prime Video. And it's amazing being produced by the NFL because we have access to their entire archive footage catalog, not from just this season, but every season since they've started filming content. So we haven't even scratched the surface. We've only aired four episodes so far, um, but we love our show and and we're excited for people to see it. Well, you're a fan, obviously, then. Uh, Can you describe a soul-crushing loss by a sports team in your life that still bugs you? I mean, I myself have many. I got to say this, I like that pass on the goal line of Super Bowl Forty Nine, where the Seahawks had the game won, but alas, they did not. I was there for that game. I was there for that game. (sighs) That was Katy Perry, left shark Super Bowl show game. Um, And you had Marshawn Lynch just, I've never... I've never heard a louder atmosphere go quieter as fast since before, possibly ever again. Um, a personal heartbreak for me for you. was uh, Rams Rams Patriots Super Bowl. With the play, they played in Atlanta, and I was sitting. I had great seats for the Super Bowl. I'm sitting right in front of Aqib Talib when he gets his interception from Tom Brady. I'm like, here we go. And I think the final score of that was like 10-6. It was like the most boring Super Bowl in history. Yeah. And of course, like the Rams lose without even scoring a touchdown. It was uh, pretty similar to Monday night's game, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're a SoCal guy, right? So you've been a lifelong Rams fan. Zach, that's obvious, right? Exactly. We, we, you know, I've loved football my whole life. For most of my life, LA had no team of its own. So I just always kind of pledged to myself that whoever we got in my lifetime, I was going to go all in on it. And fortunately, that was the world champion Rams. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they play in Orange County for a while? Yeah, in Anaheim. I caught a game there, yeah. They started playing at the Coliseum along with the Raiders um, in the 70s, 80s, and then like the first few years of the 90s. Um, Then obviously Rams went to St. Louis, 
Raiders went back to Oakland for a while and now are in Las Vegas. Yeah. But uh, yeah, six years ago we got the Rams back, and then a year after that was the Chargers. But right. I still call them the Carson Chargers because you can't travel from San Diego to Los Angeles and like claim you've switched cities. Right. You just wanted to be in the greatest sports facility in the world. Right. Own up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to your career. In 2001, you were cast on Mad TV at age 19. You must have killed it in your audition. Is That's pretty darn young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was like a full fluke, right? I think... I think the management team that, that represented me at the time, they also repped Keenan Thompson, and mm-hmm. Matt TV came calling looking for Keenan, and they said, well, Keenan's not necessarily interested, but there's this other guy you gotta see. And it sort of just snowballed out of control. I was like, high energy, like a good mimic, so I could do impressions of all the like, you know, Dawson's Creek type actors. And yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Was, it was a little surreal, and I even remember when the casting announcement was like released in TV Guide and it said comedians Bobby Lee and Karen Killam I was like whoa 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 comedian I'm going to school for musical theater what's happening but doing that job doing Mad TV was really when I fell in love with performing sketch comedy and from there I went back and started training at the Groundlings Theater here in LA where Will Ferrell came from and Kristen Wiig and, and Jennifer Coolidge um, and that's where I was when, when SNL found me. Yeah, that was, I, I believe, in 2010, and you stayed until 2016. You were really good on the show, and, 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 you know, it's not, I guess, a secret you didn't leave voluntarily, as so many others over the years have also experienced. We, we've had Jay Farrow on the show a while back, year, a few years back, and he, too, was let go at the same time. That was just a, was a crazy decision, man. I just, I just I still can't figure that oh, one out. Oh, that's nice of you to say. You know, it's, um... I, 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 I have to sort of own up to like my side of it, which was like I was I was ready to be done. By the time I was finished with that show, I had two children and I was married and and you know your real world schedule starts starts filling up. The calendar fills up with back to school nights and 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 parent potlucks and and I just really like my kids a lot. So it was it was sort of a blessing in disguise. Like, do I wish it had been? Do I wish it, it, that there had been a more gracious exit? Certainly. But at the same time, I really don't have any regrets now looking back because from that, I got to immediately jump into Hamilton. Right. And I performed on Broadway for three right. months. And that was like, I don't know that I'll ever have as sort of like uh, as, as pleasant and rewarding a job as, as being a part of the most beloved musical yeah. possibly in history. Yeah. So it worked out for the best. And I'm I'm so grateful for my time at SNL because every job that has come ever since is directly because of SNL. So right. it, it's all it's all worked out, yeah. Well, there's a couple of quick ones on uh, still on that same topic. As a cast member sure. there, did you ever get bummed when they booked a really lame musical guest? Because I won't use names and put you on the spot, but the, some <laughs> of the latter-day Tiger Beat acts that they've put on, you know, I've been kind of a buzzkill for this viewer. You know, I'm going to disappoint you because I'm, like, such an eclectic music lover. Like, I find joy in everything. Okay. I'm the weird parent who is even like, you know, maybe Shark kind of slaps. So I was never never super disappointed just because, like, I have such, um, I don't know, I have, like, admiration and envy for anybody who with any sort of musical ability, particularly with instruments. Um, so, So, no, musical guests, no, like... 
actual hosts, yeah, sometimes you're like, oh, what's this week going to be? But then you'd also be surprised, right? The person you think that's going to be like a dud and, and, and disappointing is actually very charismatic and lovely and a nice person. And the person you were so excited about and couldn't believe it ends up maybe being a little boring or, or more often than not, not boring, but like a little camera shy, right? It's like the nerves get the best of people on that show. It's, right. There's nothing like it. And so uh, everybody's always on their best behavior because they're excited, but also a little a little nervous to be broadcast live to five million people, you know. Spud, yes. Now that you've brought up the subject of music again, with discussing the musical guests on SNL with Taryn, yeah. I've always wanted to voice my opinion that some of the bands that have performed on this show are not. Um, well, how do I say it? My cup of tea. Yeah, I figured that. I, well, I, I believe I, too, like our guest here, have eclectic tastes. Like, I really enjoy a peppy Kansas or stick song when I want to rock out or something. Uh, you know, maybe something from Michael Buble when I want to kick off my shoes and pour myself a nice cold glass of high C and just relax. Uh, excuse me for a brief moment, Taryn. I'll be right back. Dude, I never booked musical guests with your tastes in mind. No offense, but you are not in our audience demo. But, Spud, a number of the bands you had perform in the studio were really, really loud with their screechy guitars and booming drums. Well, they often gave me a headache. I've always wanted to ask if I could have some input on who was booked on this show, but I was always afraid it would anger you and then you'd book an even more annoying band. That was actually pretty smart on your part because that's exactly what I would have done. You know, now that we're, you know, just playing recorded music instead of live performances in the studio, well, it's one less weapon I have to play if need be. Anyway, well, just let me get back to Taryn, okay, if you don't mind. Me? Well, sure, yeah, no, no problem. All right, I, I have returned. Fantastic. I, I was I was just kind of wondering if there was ever a guest host who took it so seriously with like a super intense work ethic that intimidated the cast members. Because I know a lot of maybe just phoned it in, but has there ever been anybody that's like, I mean, just brought it? The one who really blew my mind, like like everybody tries to bring their best A game, but the one that blew my mind because of what an icon he was <laughs> was when Mick Jagger hosted. Because oh. it's like, you're Mick Jagger. Like, you can rest on your laurels. But he would, he'd literally be rehearsing a sketch and he'd be like, You know, hello, I'm Charlie. I'm Char- but maybe, maybe I sound like this. Is this a better voice for Charlie? Well, well, now I don't sound like a Charlie. I sound more like a Kevin, don't I? And you're just like, Mick Jagger, you're the greatest. Wow. All right. Well, I know those SNL uh, questions were annoying because we've said a thousand no, times, no, but no, thank no, you. No, no, thank- I listen. No bigger fan of the show than me, you know what I mean? It was my dream job, so okay, all I'm, right. never, I'm always happy to talk about it. Well, I really appreciate it. So I know you got to scoot, so let me say again that you have a Prime Video show now airing Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and later available on demand, the NFL Pylon. We very much appreciate you coming on our show. Thank you, Spud. No, I appreciate you making time for me, truly. There you have it, Mr. Taron Killam. My, how time flies. You know, if we could finish up on what we were discussing earlier,
here. Hi. I know I am in such a better place in my life after I took ownership of my own knowledge. For so many years, I just went along with all those elitist smarty pants experts, you know, from the fancy universities back east and on the west coast too, like uh, that Berkeley place. I just wish I had understood when I was younger that I alone possess the ability to answer all of the questions and issues that have come up over the years. They want to shatter your mind talking about Justin Bieber! So I guess you would have accurately diagnosed that appendicitis attack you had a couple years ago. Well, Remember you said you thought it was just indigestion, yeah. but, but after your wife made you go to the ER, they, they sent you in for emergency surgery on the spot. Remember that? Yeah, and that medical expert saved your life, dude. Too bad the guy wasted eight years in college learning, you know, how to treat and diagnose you, you know? Uh, maybe, you, I don't know, maybe you should have just gone with your gut and taken a few Rolaids instead. Yeah, well... Uh, yeah, that doctor was correct, but we just can't leave our health care to people that we don't know anything about. I, I just got lucky with him, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're saying we got a caller holding that wants to join in on this conversation. If he or she is too boring, I could fill a couple minutes discussing my recent success playing Fortnite online. I've been killing it lately. Nah, that, that won't be necessary. Put, put the call through. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I've been listening to you guys, and yeah. I totally agree with that co-host guy, Jimmy, or whatever his name is. Doing your own research is the only way to go these days. You can't trust anyone but yourself, is the way I look at it. Well, then you must be a really smart dude, like super smart. Uh, how do you know more than the so-called experts on everything? Now, if you, if you really want to know, I'm able to do so by immersing myself in whatever situation that comes up. It could be right. anything and everything. You know, through my own research, I have uncovered so many truths that most people are just not aware of. Stuff that would blow your mind. There's an infinite, infinite supply of information on the World Wide Web, you know. When I came back from the hospital, the first thing I did was go look at my badge in the mirror. It looks better looking than before. That is the problem, caller too much so-called information. I can only imagine the crap you are consuming on the internet. Oh, well, uh, Mrs. Jarvitz, you do make a good point that there are some very harsh images and words that pop up when you are, uh, I, I believe the term is surfing on a computer. Things that no one should ever see or read about. But I guess that's the price we all must pay if our own research. I find it quite calming after I'm done doing my due diligence on things to immediately go into a quiet room to uh, decompress a bit. Let me out of here! Still in the air, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're still. So on. I can give you people. I can give you people a few of the very surprising things that I have recently come across while doing my work on the net. Okay. For instance, yeah, you, you see all these reports from doctors and health experts that carbs and starchy foods make you fat and eating vegetables will keep you slim. Yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you that's poppycock. I myself did an experiment, okay? I put a ton of vegetables on my tombstone frozen pizzas each night for one week. I ate only pizzas for dinner over those seven days. I mean, I loaded them up with every vegetable I had in the fridge. And what was the result? I weighed six pounds more at the end of my experiment. Well, maybe you should have opted for the, the, the you know, the thin crust pizzas. Hey, Caller, thank you for that tip. 
Yeah, I myself do not enjoy vegetables. I, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy, so that tip is helpful to know that my cardiologist is off base then on what he's recommended, which is I eat a lot of fresh vegetables and fruits, but that's a very boring diet, right? Uh, yeah, listen to this dude over your doctor. Uh, good call. Good call, yo. <laughs> and you would be surprised that contrary to what most of the experts say that our national pastime is baseball, yeah. well, they're wrong too. Uh, I did some research and I found out that there are way more poker players in this country than baseball players. It wasn't even close. So again, these so-called smart people, often wrong. Uh, you know, I don't play poker and I like baseball, you know? Uh, I, I just don't play it anymore. I mean, no. What, what, and does it like bringing my mint to a Mariners game count? And you still have never caught a foul ball after all these years going to baseball games with your mitt, have you, Spud? Well, no, but I've come close a bunch of times. Oh, I'm just going to buy you a ball for a stocking stuffer this Christmas. Uh, Yeah, it it wouldn't be the same, Aunt Dorothy. I'd much rather get cash. I think that this is your way of telling me something. After Dorothy and I get married, Spud, I'll be involved in the buying of presents for family members. I'm thinking we'll be cutting back a bit on the gift budget. Well, you need to maybe reconsider that. Chance, you and Mrs. Jarvitz here should consider what we Holcombs do now each Christmas, which is Mm -hmm. instead of buying some flashy present from Walmart, we exchange handmade gifts. It adds such a special touch to the holiday season. You dick! Uh, I think I would have a food taster on duty if I was you. (laughs) Unhappy kids these days have been known to take out their anger and inner rage in very creative ways. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, and something else I came up with recently while putting in my time on the laptop. You may not believe this because, you know, you're not accessing the same information I am. But but the Joe Biden that you see in the White House now is not the original Joe Biden. That Joe Biden, he retired in the late 80s. I read that guy has a nice bungalow on the coast of Maine now, where he spends most of his time. Okay. The deep, yeah, the deep state found a willing actor to replace him. With the wonders of plastic surgery and a pair of aviator sunglasses, yeah. they can create a new version of anyone. No, you haven't. You're a line dog-faced pony soldier. Uh, caller, I had no idea. I mean, when this new Joe Biden fell off his bicycle, I will admit it did occur to me that a real president of the United States would never take a tumble. They just don't do that. Yeah, I guess this new Joe Biden is not real coordinated, so he's having some issues doing photo ops and being active in his personal life. Uh, it's not selling, so I think they should have just stayed with the, the old Biden or kept the new Biden holed up in the Oval Office. It's safer for him. Well, you Who shut up, man. Listen, uh, you, you know, Collar, I don't believe a word you said, but you did fill up a few minutes of airtime, so really, I, I guess I should thank you for that. Well, I think my Fortnite update would have been much more interesting. It sounds to me that my research makes you and that uh, intern kid feel a little uncomfortable, Spud. And that, that's what the truth can do to some people. Caller, this is the one instance where I agree with Spud. You're just another wacko who spreads garbage around on Facebook. I I don't even have a Facebook account anymore. I mean, I did at one time until they... Um, yeah, okay, caller, gotta go. Uh, Dump the call, please. Um... Uh, you know what? I think the caller nailed it. Spud, you are scared of the truth. You need to do some research of your own. What do you have to lose? Uh, yeah, I'll get right on that, okay? All, all right, then. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Copyright 2022 Spud Goodman Productions.